This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. This is the Adam Gold Show. We got games to pick, and we got 60 seconds, not pick, we got 60 seconds to talk about as many games we can get to, hopefully 10. Shall we? Maybe. We'll check. All right, let's start. I got it. State at Clemson. I am ready to go. To me, this is a game the Wolfpack has been pointing to for five years. Five, maybe more. Mm-hmm. This Everybody wants to get there faster, and I get it. Dave Dorn has been here a long time, right? But now... This is the moment. Can you meet the moment? You've got a quarterback who can play in the NFL. I don't know if Devin Lear is a starter in the NFL, but he can play in the NFL. Can the other guys help Devin Leary meet the moment? I say they can. I think this will be a great football game by two very even teams. I'll take the veterans on the road okay. to win this game. I'm also going to take State to win this one. But kind of piggybacking off what you said, if not now, then when? If yeah. not now for NC State, then when are you going to do it? All right, next matchup that we have up here for this weekend. Virginia Tech at UNC. UNC's a nine-point favorite in this one. Here's my thing with Virginia Tech. I'll go to the Virginia Tech side of this. Is how quickly they just fell off the map. <laughs> like, seriously, the fact that you have lost twice in the last three years to Old Dominion, mm-hmm. another just also ran school in your state, the fact that you are losing to that program. I mean, basically, Virginia Tech football, congrats, you're an entrance now. That's all you are. Wow. Wow. Um, Tell me where I'm wrong. You're not wrong. Carolina will win this game because Virginia Tech doesn't look different than Carolina does. They don't, I mean, that Virginia Tech no longer looks like what they looked like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. The, the, the drop-off started at the end of Frank Beamer. It has never recovered. Nope. And Virginia Tech can be more, but it was really only this much under Frank Beamer. So, somebody else is going to have to build it. All right. Wake Forest at Florida State. Seminoles are a six-and-a-half-point favorite. I think Wake's flat better. I know Florida State looks competent. I get it. Wake Forest is the best coached team in the league. They overcome whatever physical deficiencies they have, and I don't think they have as many as people believe, but they are the best coached team in the league. Wake Forest goes to Tallahassee and wins the game, and this is all setting up for State and Wake. Yeah. <laughs> Toward the end of the year. My my only question for Wake Forest is can you handle emotionally the the loss in overtime to Clemson because you poured so much into that game True. and to come up just a bit short on your home field. I wonder if there's a little bit of a hangover from that, but I'm surprised we haven't gotten the is Florida State back talk yet. Well, I think we have. I, I haven't heard it as much. Because right, I don't think anybody believes they're back. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
Virginia at Duke on this one. This is actually homecoming for Duke. By the way, Virginia right now, I thought they had an offense, but apparently yeah. it just went away. They have a good quarterback. Yeah, Armstrong, he's not bad. Very but yeah, their offense is just completely non-existent right now. So, I don't know, big questions about Virginia because I thought they were going to be better than what they are. But I have I was at Duke versus North mm-hmm. Carolina A&T. The culture and feel around the program, the energy around that team, it's just at a different level than what it had been over the last couple of years. I like what Elko's doing out in Durham. I like what he's doing as well. Uh, Duke has lost seven straight to Virginia. And the, the the games, some of them have been close, but Duke's basically given up about 35 points a game to the Wahoos. Now, Virginia's offense has been trash. Duke is a slight favorite at home by two and a half. Uh, I'm going to cross my fingers and toes and say Duke. I'm with you. No joke here. East Carolina's at USF. This game was supposed to be played in Tampa. Uh, It's been time shifted up, I think, by about an hour. Mm -hmm. They're playing the game in Boca Raton, so it's 2.30 kick. And East Carolina has to get the taste of their mouth, the bad taste of the Navy loss out of their mouth from last week. But it's a difficult game to play for a lot of people. First of all, getting down there is not easy. And, uh, like, it's probably harder on South Florida because they're coming from the area that was hit first. So uh, East Carolina is going to win the game. Like, I have no idea if they're going to cover the nine and a half points or not, but uh, Pirates need a win. They do. And to see how they played against North Carolina State earlier in the season, Mm -hmm. opening week, it's, I mean, that was kind of like a Super Bowl for them, but they've kind of teetered off a little bit. But, yeah, it's a get-right game. But, uh, yeah, the, the travel and everything moved around. I don't know who that impacts more, but it's still – it impacts both teams nonetheless. Speaking of a get-right game, App State hosts the Citadel this Saturday. App State, they had the high of the Texas A&M win. Then they had the, the Hail Mary against Troy. And I don't know if that was just – there's just the hangover because <laughs> the second half against James Madison, very correctly, they got shut out. I shut think, out. The second half against they led, James they Madison. led 28-3 at home. And yes, lost. and they lost 32-28. So I would like to see those guys get back on track. And they're playing a Citadel team, let's be real, that they should overmatch and overpower. But I think there's maybe a little bit of a hangover from that two-week stretch with game day and all that coming in. Remember Clubber Lang when he was asked for a prediction of the fight and he went pain. pain. Yeah. There you go. Pain. Blow it up. No, oh, okay. Just going to blow it up. It's all I got. I mean, come on. App's okay. going to kill someone. Cardinals and Panthers. Panthers have won six in a row, mm-hmm. I think, against the Cardinals. Uh, in each of the last three years they have met. Um, Panthers are going to win the game. I don't know if it's going to look good or not. I, I'm almost more interested in this team being fun to watch than winning at this point. And we're not... For the most part, we're not getting either, although I think we'll get win. Uh, Panthers are just a one-point favorite. But watching Kyler Murray is fun, so uh, that'll be my fun for this weekend. Uh, And that's my analysis for this game. Christian McCaffrey, uh, 25 touches. Okay. Well, hopefully his thigh is okay. Yeah. So, to me, I look at this. Matt Rule, Cliff Kingsbury, loser leaves town match. (laughs) I'm serious. The loser of this game is probably going to be looking at a very, very hot seat. Oh, I mean, their seats are already hot already, yeah. but whoever loses this game might be done. 
Yeah. Again, loser leaves town match. Okay. I like it. Well, Cliff Kingsbury has no choice either way. Uh, Bills Ravens. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. This should be fun. On my TV. Not at the same time because both offenses won't be on the field at the same time. Imagine that. But holy cow. Ah, beautiful. Like, Lamar Jackson is the most fun quarterback to watch in the sport, in the world. Josh Allen is also the most fun quarterback to watch <laughs> in the world. They do they do things obviously differently, but they're both super fun to watch, and I still think the Bills are the best team in the NFL, and I think the Ravens are one of the two biggest challengers to the Bills. Bills are banged up on defense. Micah Hyde's done for the season, which is a big Secondary's thing. bad. Yeah, secondary's going to be in a lot of trouble. Yeah. It's just sit back and grab some popcorn and just enjoy the show. I think that's really what I'm going to look at in this one. But to think about it, the Bills could be 2-2 two and two after this week. They, I, Very real. I think they will be 2-2 two and two after this week. All right. You want to end on, on your favorite one here? All right, let's see. We're, we're skipping the Jets and Steelers yeah. because neither team is good. All right, Mets and Braves in Atlanta. Yeah. Look, I'm wearing a Mr. Met t-shirt today, damn. Look, Look at, at that. I'm ready. Look at you. Let's let's get it on. Mets lead the division by one. Mm-hmm. I think the Braves need to sweep. At the worst, they need to take two out of three. But if they take two out of three, it's a tie. If the Mets win out, the Braves can't do anything about it because the Mets will hold the tiebreaker. The Mets need one win to win the season series. Uh, the next win will be their 10th. They play 19 games. So the Braves really need to sweep here. If they do, it's a wrap. Braves will win the division. Winning the division is hugely important to avoid not only a wild card series, but the Dodgers next. The division matters. I can't wait. DeGrom and Max Freed tonight. It's a playoff series. Yes. There you go. It is a playoff series. Uh, I will I will say this as we go to break. Um, if, if the Mets win tonight, mm-hmm. I think that division is over. Yeah. Tonight's game specifically. If the Mets win it tonight, I think the division is over. It's the Adam Gold Show. I am Adam Gold. Dennis Cox on the ones and twos. Luke DeCock is down at Clemson. We will check in with him in a matter of moments. A lot of things to discuss with Luke. We'll obviously talk about the state game against the Clemson Tigers, but also want his thoughts on apparently what we – Kind of been what we saw last night and a week ago with Tua Tonga Vailoa and the injuries. We got uh, we got a lot of things to talk about with Luke, uh, and he joins us from Clemson, South Carolina, because there's a big game coming up tomorrow. Welcome, first of all. How was the trip down? That had to be just nutty. It, it wasn't bad. We we really we beat the rain. Um, Good for you. It, it was it was not that windy. It was. I don't know. It, 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 it was just a rainstorm. It wasn't bad. In fact, we, we just got into Greenville where we're staying, and uh, it's not even raining here yet. The okay. ground is dry. So we, we timed it well. We got lucky, and we'll uh, we'll hope to get lucky again tomorrow. Last I checked about an hour ago, a little less than an hour ago, Gilio was at the Adidas store in Greenville. So if you want to go, uh, go meet him there, uh, that's where he is. Luke DeCock of the News and Observer is joining us here. All right, give me, uh, give me your thumbnail on – uh, what this big game is for NC State? I mean, I think it's it's pretty simple. It's what we've been talking about 
really since the Holiday Bowl, but to a certain extent since this summer, if NC State is the team that NC State thinks NC State is and is going to be the team that NC State thinks it can be, it has to win this game. It's just there's not a lot of wiggle room here. Uh, if, if you are what you say you are, and, I'm, and I, think there's, I think there's a pretty good chance that NC State is what it says it is. I'm not throwing shade here. I'm just saying, you know, this is this is a prove-it game. Uh, you, you've got – you've been building toward this for nine months. It's time. It's time to put up or shut up. And, and I don't think this is the best Clemson team. I think it's got some pretty stark vulnerabilities that Wake Forest exploited and that State can exploit, but you're still going into Death Valley at night on national TV. Um, it's a big boy game, and it's time for NC State to to show whether or not it's a big boy team. Is this, in a way, I'm just this just popped into my head, but I'm just wondering how much if this is a close enough analogy. It for a long time, Maryland could not beat Duke in basketball, and then. They, how, whatever phrase you want to uh, assign to it, they figured out a way and they just did it. And the win first came at Duke. They came, Maryland came down here, I believe it was in 2000, and won at Duke for the first time. Um, is there a similarity in these two situations? Because Maryland was building to it too. Yeah, I think the difference is that Clemson. Uh, is so much more dominant. Even, those Duke teams are national champions, but college football is much less egalitarian sure. than college basketball. Uh, to me, it's a little bit more like the Bulls and Pistons, maybe. You know, the, the Pistons pushed the Bulls around and pushed the Bulls around, and then the Bulls got over the hump and they never lost again. Um, I think that's that's the analogy that, that maybe might apply here. Or NC State caught Clemson at home in a down year, and Clemson is still the alpha dog in this division. And and will be in the ACC. I think that's a lot sadder. What happens tomorrow says a lot about which of those narratives applies more. I do think there was a period of time where, where State had a sort of uh, mental block against Clemson. I mean, we saw it with Bambard's field goals. We saw it with Jay Davis going down there and throwing 11 interceptions <laughs> in one game. Um, there, there were some sort of hiccups there. I, I think those days are over when you look at the games other than the, the the Ryan Finley game down there where NC State just got sort of big manned on the first play and never recovered. Uh, I, I think NC State's been more competitive with Clemson, has had mm -hmm. chances to win, certainly at home. Um, so the gap has been closing uh, with, without question. Um, but I, I do think, you know, this is, as we look, we've been saying this all year. If this is, if it's ever going to happen for NC State, this is the year, and, and winning at Clemson is a big part of that. My recollection for specific details of games is not great, um, depending on the game but um, or the team. But if Kyle Bambard makes the field goal, that was the end of regulation. State wins the game, and it was a very, very makeable field goal. He didn't, and I'm not bl blaming anything on Kyle Bambard. And then they just fell apart in overtime, uh, the way I recall it. Um does last year mean any I, – I know you alluded to it, but does State – can State draw on last year for tomorrow? Yeah, ab absolutely, because this is a team uh, – that, that was a big moment for essentially this group. I mean, you look at the defense, Devin Leary, um, most of the offensive line. I mean, that, that was a breakthrough game for this group in terms of validating themselves and legitimizing themselves. Uh, so, yeah, no, I, I think last year does matter. I don't think that there's the same, I don't want to say fear, but let's let's just call it that for lack of a better word, fear against Clemson that there was. I don't think NC State 
looks at it as saying we're going to need to play out of our minds to beat Clemson. You know, we've beaten them. The guys on this roster, most of them, almost all of them, have beaten Clemson. They did at home, and that's different. Uh, but still, I don't think there's still that same sort of mental. As I, I think I called a mental block earlier. I, I, I think there, I don't think that mental block is there. I think last year took care of that, and now we find right. out whether or not they can do it on the road. I agree, I agree that there is that there is no mental block. The uh, Dave Doran told me yesterday that they believed going into the game last year that they were better than Clemson, and then it was about going out and doing it. So they did it, even though they probably let Clemson hang around longer than they should in that game, but they ultimately went and did it. Devin Carter had a big game. They need Devin Carter. Uh, other than that, um, your thoughts on Luke DeCock is joining us from Greenville, South Carolina, nearby Clemson, tomorrow night, 7.30 on ABC. Um, what is the key for NC State winning this game? Is it physical or is it psychological? I think it's physical. I mean, I, I think NC State's going to need to find a way, regardless of whether the weather is good or bad, and it looks like it's going to be maybe a little little damp, but okay. I, I think they've got to find a way to run the ball against Clemson's defensive front. Um, you know, I we know that Devin Leary and his receivers haven't always been on the same page, but they should take some confidence from the UConn game. Uh, Jordan Houston's health is still somewhat in question, I'd say, despite, you know, sort of reassurances. Um, Demi Sumo and Jordan Houston have to be able to move the ball on the ground to set up the passing game. That's really tough to do against Clemson's front. For for all of the issues that Clemson – issues is probably too strong word. For all the areas where Clemson isn't as dominant as it has been in the past, the, the defensive front, the front seven and the defensive line in particular, are both still really – they're, they're still really good. Yeah. Uh, NC State's not going to be able to throw the top, throw the ball 60 times and beat Clemson. They're going to have to get some yards on the ground. So to me, that comes down to, you know, old school, old man football, bang it out, uh, bust, bust some heads, try to open some holes and, and get the ball inside. You, you don't have to run it a ton, but you need to have that threat of the run so Clemson can't load up and just pound Devin Leary. I mean, even UConn got to Devin Leary <laughs> so that there's that threat there. Uh, you, you you need to be able to run the ball and, and make, make Clemson honor that threat. And, and if you... Look, we saw what happened against East Carolina. If you get into mm. goal, goal line situations, I think Demi Sumo's totally capable of doing it. You need to be able to pound the ball inside the tackles and convert. It would be nice if they were able to do that. I'm not sure they they can. I actually like would like to see them throw to set up the run as opposed to the other way around. I think it would – first of all, I think it would be against their own tendencies, which – I believe is a pretty good thing for them in a game like this. Will Thayer Thomas throw a touchdown pass, Luke Tacock? My guess is if they do something with Thayer Thomas, that's going to be more of a decoy. You kind of set that up uh, in previous games. But I, if it gets down to crunch time and they think they can catch Clemson napping, yeah, I think it's totally possible. I mean, think about if the if the <laughs> touchdown pass to Devin Leary against Texas Tech had held up. Think about later on the season if Devin Leary throws five touchdowns a game, where that clip is going to figure in his Heisman Heisman hopes. <laughs> you know, Devin Leary out here catching passes. Uh, so yeah, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if they did some version of that at some point. That's that's a weapon. Use it. Uh, yeah. But I also wouldn't do it early. I wouldn't telegraph it. Clemson's going to be prepared for that, of course. Uh, yeah, which is I, why I, they I would... shouldn't have done it against Texas Tech. It made me mad that they pulled out their bag of tricks in the first quarter against Texas. They needed Tech. the reps, Adam. They needed the live reps. Gosh, stop that! All right, Luke Tacock. Let me uh, let me go back to last night, or maybe it's last Sunday. Uh, what's your take on the way the Dolphins have treated Tua, or is it? May not even be the Dolphins. It may just be the system of football treated to a tongue of ILO. Well, I think it's I think it's both. 
I think one, we've seen that the NFL's concussion protocols are, are totally inadequate that don't include what we know now about brain injury. I mean, the, the, the idea that you're going to stand up after the game and say, well, he's okay. It's just a concussion. Right. The guy had a, a clearly had a traumatic brain injury with brainstem involvement. I'm an idiot. And I can see that from the television, let alone what a neuro- neurologist can diagnose with an actual exam. So, you know, clearly his first concussion was mishandled. Uh, even if the dolphins handled it, according to league protocol, right. then the protocols are broken to a never should have been on the field last night, certainly on short rest, but that even just a week after that first concussion, the quote unquote concussion, apparently, but even if the dolphins followed the protocols, they have a duty of responsibility and a duty of care to treat their franchise quarterback better than this. So to me, the failure is universal. The NFL's protocols are insufficient. And the Dolphins, by saying, well, we're just going to follow the protocols, did their own franchise quarterback a massive disservice. I, I think that everyone's to blame here, uh, except Tua, who's, if you tell a guy he's okay to play and he says he doesn't, he gets blackballed for the rest of his career. So to me, it's the Dolphins in the NFL are both to blame. This, we're, it's 2022. We have to have a better way of dealing with concussions. I mean, Chris Nowinski, who's, who's Concussion Legacy Foundation, does amazing work in this field, said at 4 o'clock yesterday, if Tua plays, this is a disgrace. And that's before he got clocked, um, <laughs> before his head hit the turf. So, you know, this this isn't 2020 hindsight. Very smart people have a way to approach this that the NFL and the Dolphins did not. Here's the thing that I keep – there's a bunch of things here I want to get to real quick. First of all, nobody is talking about the fact that he was ragdolled and thrown to the ground, thrown to the ground like he was uh, like a, a bag of soil uh, at, uh, at Home Depot. I mean, he was just slammed to the turf, and that's apparently okay, especially with the way we treat quarterbacks. Today that that has been completely ignored. Uh, I don't know why. I mean, I I understand the play, but I don't, we that's got to be a penalty. Who cares? I guess if it's a penalty, but nobody's talked about that at all. Uh, the other thing is, I do believe that maybe Tua specifically, but I do believe that players are part of the problem here because there is a macho ness about going back into the game, shake it off, and you saw what happened in the Buffalo game and the fact that the Dolphins called that. Uh, back and ankle when he was clearly dizzy, clearly dizzy. I don't care if you regain, if the dizziness goes away when you go back to do your protocol test and you go, oh, he's fine. He was dizzy, which means that he bruised his brain, and maybe that's what we need to do. Stop calling it, calling it a concussion because that allows Mike McDaniel to say, well, it was just a concussion. Why don't we simply call it he's got a bruised brain and then maybe people will take it seriously. But I think everybody's to blame. The league and their protocols, the team who treats the players like cattle, and the players who want to be on the field, and they are they are loath to protect themselves because of some macho attitude. I don't see it as a macho attitude. These guys are in a cannibalistic game that demands well, everything yeah, from But that's them. what I mean. They, no, I don't blame the players for that. This is what, if oh. you're a player and they say you're okay, you're clear to go back in the game, and you say, no, I don't feel right, that could be the end of your career. So I, to me, the duty, the, the burden of care here is not on the players other than to be honest in their concussion evaluations. The teams and the league have to do a better. And look, this is not just an NFL issue. This is true at every level of football. You can't count on players, especially players who might have be legitimately disoriented to take their own safety into consideration at moments where their brain is injured. The teams, mm-hmm. the leagues, the sport 
has to do a better job of protecting the players, in some cases from themselves. I don't blame Tua here. Tua, no, to no. me, is doing what he's been trained to do. I don't blame, I blame Tua either. I blame the Dolphins either. and the league for not protecting him. Andrew Whitworth told an interesting story last night on the panel after the game. I don't know if you stuck with that after the game. It was a little repetitive, and it was way too long. But after the game on Amazon last night, Whitworth told a story as an offensive lineman where he was, uh, you know, he had his bell rung, went to went through protocol, passed protocol, went back on the field, and a teammate told he took him over to the sideline. A teammate told the coach, "You got to get this guy off the field." Um, the players will always play; that's what they are trained to do. And they are, and they know this. So my my overall point isn't necessarily to slam players, as you said, protect the players from themselves, because the players will play to their own fault, um, or maybe because the players know the deal. Every single player in the NFL understands that it is a dangerous, brutal game. Management, the league, treats them as cattle because there's always another player, even the star quarterback. There's always another one. We crank them out every year to varying degrees, but we just a conveyor belt. It's like Lucy trying to eat all the chocolates back in the I Love Lucy episode. There's constantly players coming out, and the players understand this, which is part of the fear of losing your job. We have to get past that, and the players need to be aware, and I think the protocol needs to change to where it has the players and the league are not involved, where it is entirely independent. Uh, uh, organization that deals with, all right, that guy's hurt. He's not going back in the game for his own safety. It's a complicated issue, but I, I do. I give some of the blame, not to Tua, but players in general. So. Yeah, I don't. I, don't. Okay. I, mean, I just think that's the nature of the beast, and we've got to protect these guys from themselves in some cases because we ask a, enough of them already. And to, to say that the players shouldn't put themselves in bad situations is is – to me, just I, I, I don't, I disagree. Right. I so, think the, bur- the burden's on the employer here, not the employee. And uh, the demands already placed on these guys physically, mentally, uh, emotionally, uh, in any sport, hockey, football, any contact sport, uh, asking them to, to self-medicate themselves for brain injuries is, 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 a, is a recipe for disaster. Maybe we, we've, got, we've got to protect them. Maybe Brett Favre's nasal spray thing will hit. We Nano have- bubbles. We nano bubbles. Nano bubbles. We, we haven't explored the potential of nano bubbles. We haven't talked about that. We have not. I have not talked about the Brett Favre situation. Uh, Brett <laughs> Brett Favre is. I know you have followed the story. Uh, we have yeah. not gotten into it here, but I have followed it too. Brett Favre is in some trouble. Uh, enjoy the game, Luke Takak of the News and Observer at Luke Takak on Twitter. We'll talk Canes next time. All right. Cool. Thanks, Edgy. Luke Takak of the NNO. He is in Greenville, South Carolina. Maybe he's going to meet Julio at the Adidas store. Uh, all right, we have reached halftime. And now, your halftime entertainment. Before we get into the halftime thing, I think I have done a poor job explaining my f- laying fault on players here. Okay. The player culture works against the players here. Oh, yeah. I see what you're saying, yeah. The And I'm not slamming them for having it, but... Players want to play. Mm-hmm. Players also understood going in the risks. The game cannot be made safer. No chance. Been saying this for years. They try, and they've done certain things. 
those funny looking helmets they wore for two weeks or three weeks in training camp. Mm-hmm. They apparently helped, right? And of course, if players pushed back on it, player culture, the players want to play. And if if that's the case, the my whole point has been the league instead of spending a, a ton of money trying to make the game safer, which you can't do. I'm not saying you don't do that. What they should really do is take care of the players when it's over. Yeah. Just take care of them all when it's over. And they do a terrible job of that. Anyway, we move on. All right. Sorry. First, no, it's fine. First things first here when it comes to halftime entertainment, uh, Happy Meals. Happy Meal. We'll get you one of those Happy Meals. You got a Happy Meal? Can we get a Happy Meal? Will somebody get you a Happy Meal? That's right. Happy Meals. Okay. I don't know if you saw this earlier this week, but McDonald's. That's where the Happy Meal is. Yes. Well, McDonald's starting October 3rd and running through the end of October. So Monday. This coming Monday. They're selling adult Happy Meals. So not just for kids. But I guess adult portions of food, I guess you could say. I, mean, I guess medium-sized fry or large fry, larger drink, right. all that kind of deal. But they are going to include a classic McDonald's toy. Not, I, I, I want to make sure I adult said that properly. Adult Happy Meal? Yeah. With an adult toy? I, I want to make sure I stated that correctly. It's a classic McDonald's character. So, like, the Hamburglar. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or, you know, Mayor McCheese. Ronald McDonald. So a classic like a, like an action figure. Yeah, like a classic toy. Cuz you, you used to get when you know when I was like 7. Cuz my eyes went What? <laughs> I also wanted to point out that you are not the only person that has had that reaction because the headline was saying McDonald's is selling adult happy meals with toys starting October 3rd. Okay. But, you know, it's uh we had to clarify things a little bit because we don't need another chess situation going on out here. No, we don't. <laughs> I mean, if that's unless that's your thing, then by all means, go for it. Wow. So, yeah. What, what, what would you get? Uh, nuggets? What would you get in your Happy Meal? Oh, give me the classic just two cheeseburger. Just two cheeseburgers. Two cheeseburgers and fries. I might go that. I'm seriously going to go through a drive. I have not had McDonald's in a while, but I'm going through a drive. Today? No, Monday. Monday. Oh, Monday, yeah, yeah to today. get a Happy Meal. Yeah. I might have to do that. Yeah, why not? Why wouldn't you? Relive my childhood a little bit. I'm in on it. Oh, okay. There you go. Adult Happy Meals. It's been a, I, I wonder how long it's been since I've had a Big Mac. Well, I don't know for me. That's a great question. I don't know. Maybe I'll get nuggets just for you. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Next thing here. Uh, speaking of Tua, a lot of sports books actually were refunding bets, prop bets and single game parlays. That involved Tua due to his injury yesterday. So, really, uh, points bet, DraftKings, FanDuel, all stated. For example, DraftKings tweeted out yesterday: refund incoming. Uh, they'll be refunding all losing singles on Tua and all single game parlays um, bets where Tua is the only losing selection. So, if, if really? Tua was the only, so if yeah, let's say a prop bet of him throwing a certain amount of yards or maybe getting a rushing touchdown, and that was your only losing prop. Of a single game parlay, they'll refund you that. Now, right. if you lost other props, you won't get a refund. But FanDuel did something the, along those lines: parlays and single game parlays with two a losing prop was the only losing leg, and also uh, straight two a prop bets. 
they were refunding those due to his injury yesterday. Such good PR yeah. for the sports books well, to do a, things a like that. A lot of the ways that they're actually redoing it or doing it is they'll refund you, but they'll refund it as like credit, essentially, not just giving you the okay. cash back. That's fine. But so you can still take that money. I mean, you probably would have lost it anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that is something that they are, are doing, which, you know, props to the. Eh, I see what you did there. Exactly. I did see there. what you did yeah, there. Yeah, you did. But yeah, so, but but credit to the sports books. I, I would say doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. I guess you could say. I know you're a Peacock subscriber since you are a uh, supporter of the Premier League. Well, Peacock has ordered a community movie. That's right, the TV show Community. Right. Sorry, Joel McHale, uh, Donald Glover, Allison Brie. They're actually going to make a movie out of the TV show. Really? Yeah. So I don't know if it's going to be straight to Peacock or if it's going to go into theaters, but it was officially ordered today that Peacock is ordering a community movie. And I'm very excited about that. The first about three, four seasons of community were actually pretty hilarious. Very nice. There's some writing changes and stuff that happened uh, over the last couple seasons, so it kind of dipped a little bit. But Chevy Chase was in the show. That's right. Yeah, but I, they haven't stated who all is actually going to be in the movie from the original cast. Uh, Ken Jeong was also. Was he really? Greensboro native, Duke graduate. Ken Jeong was also in the he's TV show. He's from Greensboro? Yeah. I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, he's North Carolinian. I did not know. By the way, the Manchester Derby is a Peacock event. Oh, is it really? Uh, USA has given us Leeds United, Aston Villa. But Man City and Man U? That's a Peacock thing. Okay. Please subscribe to Peacock. Also, Liverpool Brighton is uh, is Peacock. That's one I'm interested in on Saturday. But Sunday morning, 9 o'clock, the Manchester Derby. By the way, first match in two weeks. Yeah. Actually, it might even, was it longer than that? Because the Queen canceled a bunch of matches. Liverpool hasn't played a Premier League match in forever. Um, North London Derby. Arsenal. Hosting Spurs. Should be fun. Mm, that's juicy. All right, final thing for you. I just wanted to make sure that everyone out there knew that uh, anytime I'm here with Adam Gold, I must mention something comic book related. Of course. Yes. So the given. the reboot of Marvel's Blade, which originally the original trilogy that starred Wesley Snipes, that's a reboot as part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, their director left just before principal photography took over. So they're expecting some major delays with the movie because you got to get a new director in. Yes. So expect some delays regarding Blade. Mahershala, uh, Mahershala Ali, I think I said that correctly. I have no idea. Is playing the lead role of Blade. Excellent. Yes. Are you excited? Yeah. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. Did you watch Burn After Reading the other day? No, I didn't. You should watch it. I was prepping... I was trying to prep at for, least for, for your volleyball that, game. Yeah, yeah, for my volleyball match. I'll be calling here in about four hours. But I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it because I keep looking. I see more. I look out the window and I see more trees bending over. Doesn't look pretty. But anyway, that's all I have. Very classic Yacht Rock moment for, uh, for Dennis Cox. I actually think this is America's best song. I agree. I think this is what this is it. The fact that you have an opinion on that is frightening because you're much younger than I am. At least I grew up in an era where, yeah, you know, America was being played a lot. Okay, <laughs> that's fair. So, uh, all right, we got a lot of things to do. We're going to place bets in a second. 
Uh, I mentioned that I was going to geek out for just a little bit. Okay, go on. All right? We have six games left to play in Major League Baseball. The Well, some teams have a couple more. I think some teams might have seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think because the Phillies are playing a doubleheader to starting today, Phillies better win out. They've given up all of their cushion with Milwaukee. I don't even know what happened last night. I think Milwaukee lost last night. Uh, so maybe they've caught a little bit of a break. The... Mets and Braves will play three games starting tonight in Atlanta. DeGrom and Max Freed tonight. It's uh, Scherzer and Kyle Wright tomorrow. It's uh, Chris Bassett and Charlie Morton on Sunday. With the expanded playoffs to uh, have six teams in each league make the playoffs now. So you have the three division winners and you have three wild cards. And the third division winner and the three wild cards got to play a wild card series. Mm-hmm. And um, the w- loser of the National League East, Mets or Braves, will be the fourth seed. Right? So you're going to host that series. But you're still going to win it. And if you, you're you going to deal in the National League, you might deal with the Padres. Right? I think the Padres right now are in the five spot. And we know that the Padres are at least dangerous even though the Padres aren't as good as the we thought they would be, they're at least dangerous. So you got to survive that, and then you'd have to play the Dodgers. Because there's no reseed. There's simply, here's how it's structured. Top seed, Dodgers, gets the winner of four versus five. And that would be NL East runner-up, Padres. And the NL East champ, gets the winner of three versus six, which would be Cardinals and either the Phillies or the Brewers. Not that that's a cakewalk, but let me see who you'd rather play. A, I'd rather not play a three-game series first, and then I'd rather not play the Dodgers next. That's what's riding on this series. And in name, the Mets have the advantage among starters, but there isn't that big a difference. And bullpens and batting orders and defense and are you ready? That's going to matter. So, I believe uh, tonight is going to be huge. Seven twenty first pitch. It uh, looks like the weather's going to be gorgeous in Atlanta as well, and that might come up in place your belt. I'm wearing a Met shirt. I'm wearing a Mister Met shirt. You're dressed the part. I'm ready today. I am Place ready. Your bets. Place your bets. Here we are. I bet you slice into the woods a hundred bucks. Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir, and I never slide. Yeah. Okay, you can owe me. I owe you one. All right, sir. Let's see if we can't get this done. Okay. You go. You go first. By the way, when we, how did you do on Wednesday? Do you remember? So I got Aaron Judge home run. Yes, you did. Got that, but I did miss on the Dolphins winning. Oh, okay. And I also missed out on another bet. So I actually made five. There you go. Oh, yeah, I missed the Mets at minus one and a half. They only won by one. They only won by one. Yeah. Uh, I had uh, Eduardo Escobar homering in that game. He drove in all five runs, including a home run. There you go. <laughs> Look at you. Eduardo Escobar was the only reason the Mets came back. They were losing 4 nothing in the seventh to the Marlins and won it 5-4. But because of that, I made five. Made Very five nice. units. Very nice. It's better than losing them. Better than <laughs> it is better than losing. All right. I already had NC State winning at plus two fifteen okay. this weekend, so I have that locked in. But I'm going to take Wake Forest at over Florida State plus two hundred. It's all there. Yeah. All right. I'm going to start with the game tonight. Go for it. 
Braves are home dogs because Jacob deGrom is pitching. Jacob deGrom has been human. In his last three starts, 15 total innings, he has allowed 11 earned runs, 15 hits, and a home run in each. It's not the same Jacob deGrom. Don't know if there's something physical amiss or it's just an unusually long, for him, it's usually one bad start. Or just an unusually long stretch of human. Yeah. But I think the Braves win tonight. So I'll take home plus money. Plus okay. One, plus 110 Braves over the Mets. This is also my way of potentially buying a win. Game, yeah, exactly. You've done that before. <laughs> you have done that before. You did it with Serena Williams. It. I know you've done it before. I don't mind doing that. You've done it's it. Not with, real you've, money. You've done it with your Mets before, I believe. Too. I have several times. It's not real money. It's uh, I'm, I, and I'm at plus forty-seven seventy. So what yeah. am I? Who cares? Speaking of uh, taking home money lines, give me the Ravens at plus one thirty over the Bills. I I saw that as well. Yeah, I think the Bills are gonna. Well, I think the Ravens are gonna they're, win. Their secondary is just so banged up. For the Buffalo Bills, I think the I think, think the Ravens are going to take advantage of it this week. All right. Tired is picking NC State to beat Clemson. I've already done it, so yeah. Wired is parlaying State and Wake oh, okay. to both win on the road because why not? Do you know what the parlay line on I'm gonna, that is? I'm going to add it up right now. Uh, I'll, I'll find it here for I'm you. I'm going to add it up right now. They're both plus, but plus 200... Wake's plus 200, and I had State at plus 210. So, um, Actually, State's plus 225 right now. Oh, are they really? So if you parlay those two together, it's not giving me a parlay. Oh, well. Uh, but yeah, you should be able to parlay. That actually should be a pretty... I'll get it. Yeah. I'll get it here. It's not that uh, It's not that hard. All right, my final one, going to the UFC this weekend. UFC? With all the games, you're going to UFC? Yeah, why not? All right. I'm back. I don't, I don't get back here often. Adam, I got to get my picks in. I can. <laughs> There's no lacrosse out there for me. I can't bet on fall ball scrimmages in lacrosse. So I have to go to the UFC. Give me Mackenzie Dern. First round submission over Zion on Yan. Plus 300. Who? Mackenzie Dern. Mackenzie Dern? Yeah. Who's first that? First round submission. She's a UFC fighter. Is he? She. She. she I'm yes. sorry. I was supposed to know that. Yeah. All right, well, I mean, I'm going to have to take your word on that. So, by the way, the two, uh, when I had it at 215, you had 225? Yep. Uh, but the two, uh, I have it at plus 845. There you go. So that would be, uh, that's that that's quite a haul if those two I things. Actually, well, actually, plus 875, actually. 875. If you take North Carolina State at plus 225. All right. I like it then. Yeah. Well, then that's what we'll do. All right, finally. Before I make my pick, I'm just going to say I'm not going to do in this game, but I am stoked for the North London Derby with Arsenal and Tottenham. Even though City's the best team in the uh, best club in the Premier League, mm-hmm. Arsenal right now is on top of the table. Yeah. Arsenal's at home at the Emirates. I'll take Arsenal to win this match. They're relatively healthy. Nobody's really healthy. Kulusevsky, I don't think believe is going to uh, uh, feature for Tottenham tomorrow. But 7.30 if you want to get up and watch. But I'll take Arsenal. But here's the wager. 
The Wager, as we come out of a two-week break for the FIFA window, which was damaging to a lot of teams, Man U is not going to be completely whole for the Manchester Derby against City. Fulham at home over Newcastle, plus 200. Fulham to beat Newcastle. Uh, I love I love Fulham. I'm a huge fan of Fulham. I think Mitrovic is going to score twice in that match. All right, that's, that's where we go. This is the Adam Gold Show. At WakeMed MyCare 365, we deliver convenience others only talk about every day of the year. Primary care and urgent care under one roof. Multiple locations, virtual visits, walk-in or schedule an appointment online. From annual physicals and routine care to sinus infection, strep, or the flu, we couldn't be more convenient. Learn more about our kind of care and our kind of convenience at wakemed.org. 